Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of Internet Land, to another installment of Furusato, a Legend of the Five Rings actual play podcast. I am your storyteller for this lovely adventure, Mikey. You can find me on all the social medias at Pop Culture Geek on the TikToks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams. Stop by, come say hi. We like to have fun over there. And I am back to do part two of character creation with my other three players. Last episode, you got to meet Mikel, Amador, and Josh and their characters. This week, my three remaining players, you'll get to fall in love with them and enjoy the character creation. I would like to introduce my player that I have for this part of character creation. Hello everyone, this is Chris, also known as Riku. I go by Pup Riku or Puppy Riku on all the socials, so feel free to come follow me. I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel soon, so I'll be pimping that a little bit more once it gets up. I'm also in one of uh, Mikey's other games. You may have heard me for the Friday Night Fights game. I'm excited for that one. (laughs) Shameless plug, go listen to that too. Seamus plug, listen to all of our podcasts, all of the shows. I've been sitting in um, the Discord with all of the different games, and there is some really good creativity that goes on. And it's actually very inspiring to me, too. I'll say that. I'm currently in the process of creating a D&D campaign with a few friends. Mikey's actually a potential player. And going through a lot of this stuff, it's given me a lot of inspiration for my game as well. From one creative to another, I appreciate the sentiment. So, Chris, you ready to get started? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So to recap character creation for Legend of the Five Rings, their character creation system uses the game of 20 questions, where we start out in a broader spectrum in terms of character and then start to work more down to their core of who they are as a person, what tenets of honor and valor that they hold, and also to more cosmetic stuff like what they like to go by, who they lo- who friends are, relationships and stuff like that. Obviously, Legend of the Five Rings heavily takes inspiration from feudal Japan. If you couldn't guess, all our players are going to be samurai and they are going to have to uphold the tenets of Bushido as they have to make the tough decisions, not only when it comes time to battle, but also the decisions that come with the social and political aspects of an ancient feudal society. As I mentioned at the beginning of this whole spiel, the game of 20 questions is what we use to create characters in Legend of the Five Rings. The first couple of questions have to deal with the core identity of a player character. These particular sets of questions deal with the familial aspects and the clan that the player character belongs to. Question one, Chris, is what clan does your character belong to? I was looking through everything, and there's a lot, like, looking at all the clans. I 
ended up landing on the Phoenix Clan. The thing that really attracted me to that is the idea of harmony and the idea of that kind of spiritual harmony as a base for my character. Now, I'm not saying the character I have in mind is specifically meditative or very spiritual himself, but I love the idea of keeping that harmony between the mortal and, and spiritual realms. I'm a very theological person myself, and I love the idea of ancient gods and goddesses and theology and such like that. Really, I just chose that as something that I personally would love to try. So I went with that. I was hoping someone would pick with the Phoenix Clan, and I'm so happy you did. Yes! <laughs> to give a little bit of an insight, the first three players that I did, two of them picked the Lion Clan, and then one of them picked the Crab Clan. So the Phoenix okay. Clan is going to be very interesting <laughs> dynamic-wise. Since you picked your clan, question two, what family does your character belong to? Yeah, I chose the Shiba family, mainly because I thought of my character coming from the Shiba family, and later on we'll get into it, is thinking of him almost like a bodyguard to the royal family of where we are. I'm not going full himbo with my character. I'm taking a different approach, because I know we talked about that in this Discord, because when I started talking about what kind of character I wanted to do, and I loved the idea of doing elemental weapons and infusions, things like that, and it was suggested going a Shiba and later on with question three to do it, but for <laughs> me, I want to take a different route with it. That takes care of the first two questions. Part one is officially finished. Part two, which has to deal with your character's role and the school that they have decided. Question three, what is your character's school and what role does that school fall into? Well, given what I really wanted to go with and what I've talked about so far, I chose the Shiba Guardian School. <laughs> so that is the Bushi and Courtier role. And I'm going to go more Bushi on this one as basically that kind of, again, that bodyguard type character. Question four, how does your character stand out within their school? My character was standing out because of his creativity and innovation. He is very much an outside the box thinker and thinks of more innovative ways to get tasks done, which is one of the biggest issues that he has is he wants to be more active in doing stuff but he's the bodyguard he just needs he needs to be around the royal family at all times and doing nothing and he's just sick of it and over it throughout school throughout the schooling since he was young he was always the overactive kid like playing little pranks on people and like stuff and this is just I should be doing more with my life right now. It's less wanting to do more with my life and more, this isn't what I want to do with my life. Mm. He wants to be more active with his hands. He wants to do, he wants to make, he wants to fight. He wants to be active. He just doesn't want to stand bodyguard at all fucking hours. I see him as the person that is, I guess you're the last one that needs to go out and do this, so now, so you can go. He's the one that stays behind most of the time and chosen to stay behind most of the time. Not because of any lack of skill, or maybe he thinks it's lack of skill, but maybe there's something deeper of why he keeps getting a hold back that maybe he does not know about. Now we're on to part three, 
where these particular sets of questions focus on more of your character's honor and glory. Question five, who is your lord and what is your character's duty to them? As I I mentioned, it's going to be more of that bodyguard type character. They are basically traveling with royal family members at all times or will be, I should say. I don't know what pre-samurai will end up do end up doing to give a little bit of context too is you guys might be teenagers but if you look at history in feudal japan warriors were a lot younger too and they would already be escorting or protecting members of the royal family at a young age and in fact yeah listen to show off my nerd and geekdom right here i think one trope that's always done is the royal family and the bodyguard samurai protecting them. A more recent example of me encountering that kind of trope was in Danganronpa 2, with two of the characters, Fuyuhiko and Pekko, because she is the samurai and he is the royal that she's protecting. I was thinking that kind of bodyguard-type character who who tends to be pretty close to the family and usually is very much on that kind of guard duty and gets like bottom of the barrel assignments i don't know who exactly the my lord would be and and that's where i can use some help usually when it comes to lords or Mm -hmm. samurai obviously it's whoever you answer to since you are on the guard duty more than likely you would be because this takes inspiration from feudal japan you would probably be lower on the cast level the foot soldier type of samurai you don't have to go with this, but I'm like pushing it to it. Okay. I do love the idea and I do want to play into the bodyguard aspect. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that you could be protecting or you could be assigned to protect a royal of the Phoenix clan. And while you are going to be focusing on more of the actual kind of sword play of samurai. This royal's probably going with the aspirations of being more in the political. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah. You got to sit all through that political shit and he just wants to go out and do shit. Excuse now, the language. I'll try not to curse as much, but. <laughs> listen, this podcast is already going to be rated explicit, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Okay. But I love that idea. Okay. So we could come up with names and details later, but one I do want to get is said royal female or male. I like the idea of it being female and it being a powerful female. Basically one that will that would put my character in his place despite his size. <laughs> like that kind of lord. Now that we have your lord established, we're going to get lord. into your character's psyche. Question six. What does your character long for and how? Might this impede their duty? We've gone into that a little bit. Like I mentioned, he's a creative. He likes, and it's more of that kind of innovative building type person. Like, he wants to build armor and weapons. He wants to think of new ideas to help prolong them. Because while the spiritual is great and good to recognize, he knows that there needs to be some physicality with it to make sure that happens. He's very much, yes, you could pray all you want. It's only so far it can go. 
But the thing is, with his duties, he's very much held back because he's not really allowed to just go out and do what he wants. And it just gets frustrating for him. I love that, which actually is important for question seven. What is your character's relationship with their clan? It's like we're getting real philosophical here. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because he's still with a lot of the core tenants of the Phoenix clan he believes in. Like, he believes in that kind of spirituality. He believes in that idea of harmony and, and such and their values. He just wants to bring it about differently. What this is sounding, and this is similar to one of the other players for part one mm -hmm. it's that conflict between traditionalism and then the self identity and the self ideology of the tenets of what they believe in order to grow and to progress mm -hmm. through time is in conflict yeah like uh. it, it's really it, it's it's and i was looking ahead to the bushido part which we could go into right now if we want to no, that's a good segue. So question yeah. eight, what does your character think of Bushido? He definitely does not like the main orthodox or how things are done. He wants to try new things. He's done with tradition. Like, it's good to recognize tradition. It gave us our beliefs in how we do, but now he wants to do something different. He thinks that we need to progress. We can't stay. And he wants to help lead that, but they just won't let him. All right. So that takes care of part three. Part four, strength and weaknesses of your character. Question nine. What is your character's greatest accomplishment so far? Ooh. I told you, we start broad and then we get deeper. Yeah. And I want my character to have created okay go back to the idea of creation and innovation i want my character to have on his own like that kind of do first ask apologize later like he did it on his off time when he was off duty created something that the clan was able to use to defend themselves i i don't want to say magic in this sense because it's not it's not necessarily magic, but the idea of being able to use their... Do you get what I'm trying to say? Into almost like channeling the energy into a, like a bottle and being able to use it like a bomb or as a grenade of sense. And that turned the tides of a battle and was able to keep their city, his city, from getting overrun. Okay. And it was something that he just out of nowhere created. They were able to mass produce it. It saved themselves. And then he's basically, oh God, again with the sadness. He was basically like, awesome, that's great. And he's so proud of it. And he sees it all the time. And he still gives them a smile, even though he never gets recognition for it. Which actually does play into the cast because you are a lowly foot soldier. And so no recognition comes for that. Question oh, 10. Boy. What holds your character back the most in life? His loyalty. Here's the thing, and this is something that I personally struggle with, and I'll probably bring into my character. I say loyalty, but it's also a false sense of loyalty. It's the idea, like, with a job, where the job's not good for you, that they, they don't really value you, or, they, or you're working way too many hours for what you should be, you're tired all the time, your boss is a dick, things like that. But you feel some kind of loyalty to the projects you have and the job you do, that even putting in that application to get a new job, 
is so hard to do. And that's what I think is, for my character, is what's holding him back. Is that he wants to do all this innovative stuff and wants to leave all that behind. Leave what he's doing behind originally to go back to and to be able to event. He knows he can do it. He has the ability to do it. But he has this loyalty that in his current role that he just feels like, oh, I just can't leave it behind because if I leave it behind, something bad is going to happen or um, there's going to be this void left that is not going to be the same, even if they do fill it. Things like that. So that's what I'm thinking. When your character's not dealing with all that turmoil. Question 11. What activity most makes your character feel at peace? The easy thing to say here is meditation. He comes from the Phoenix Clan. That's an easy thing to do. And I do want meditation to be something that he does do. Because he, even though, when he's forced to do meditation, like, the just general, okay, at this time, we're all going to get together to meditate together. He hates that. But when he has the opportunity to do it on his own and in a place where he can be himself, he really enjoys it. And meditation for him isn't just sitting down and thinking. A lot of times, I envision somewhere that's almost like a garden with a cherry blossom tree. And there is the grass all around it, except for a ring that looks like nothing's really there. It just looks like grass is trying to grow there, but you obviously see the dirt going through because what he does is he just to himself enjoys the sunlight enjoys the snow or whatever it is and it's just walking around that cherry tree in a circle just constantly Mm. and just and it's a very quiet place i want to say it's going to be like far enough away that you don't hear anyone else unless it's an emergency or anything like that so it's truly quiet and he's just with himself and his thoughts, even if he's communicating with deities or however he does it. That's what he does. And he just goes in that circle. And one thing is important is that he never strays from that circle. It's a perfect circle around that tree. Mm-hmm. And he never steps out of it, until it un- unless he has to leave. I want to think of something like that as his peace activity. I love the intricacy and the inner beauty of it, too, as well as the external beauty. Just picturing mm-hmm. it in my head, just a soccer tree full bloom, and then mm-hmm. your character doing that. I'm just like, that is beautiful, and I love it. And having that activity for your character to feel at peace is important because mm-hmm. it probably helps with what happens in question 12, which is what concern, fear or foible troubles your character the most. Even with his non-enjoyment of the role he is given, it's really hard for him to say no. And many a time, those activities that he takes on ends up just piling up. And if too much happens at once, it's basically a huge anxiety attack. I want to say that there have been times that during his schooling that he just runs off because he's having an anxiety attack straight up to that Sakura tree. I think that's one of the biggest troubles for him is controlling that overwhelmingness. Question 13. 
<laughs> Who has your character learned the most from during their life? I'm going to say it was a grandparent. It was like his lineage was very by the book. His parents, his siblings, extended family, everyone is so by the book. But it's like that, it's like that grandmother that everyone's, oh, you can't eat candy after this time, blah, 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 all this stuff. She, she is the grandmother that like sneaks, goes behind the back and like sneaks you a piece of candy. I want that to be the one and be the one that taught me that you don't have to continue on the path that you are assigned. Or if you want to continue on that path, it doesn't mean it all has to be the same path you're walking on now. You can change the path. You can make it stone. You can make it wood. You can make it whatever you want. It's just that innovation breeds great things. And that's what she taught him. That takes care of all the questions related to those aspects. Part five focuses on your character's personality and behavior. Beginning with question 14, what do people notice first upon encountering your character? His height. He is, <laughs> I am going to make him like a 6364 imposing giant of a samurai. Question 15. How does your character react to stressful situations? I think we already covered that. He could go into an anxiety attack. If it's overwhelming enough. Before the anxiety attack hits, he gets very quiet, too. Because he's trying to calm himself before it gets in, get control of the situation, be able to do what needs to get done. But if it goes too far, that's when it happens. Question 16. What are your character's pre-existing relationships with other clans, families, organizations, and traditions? <laughs> that is a lot. I'm also having trouble thinking of something. Given the, the fact that he was able to invent something that include elements, that he would be close to Asawa family of the Phoenix clan, since they are more of those elemental masters. Maybe they are the only ones that really recognize him for that invention or hmm. people in there that really are the only ones that actually recognize him because he was able to use elements in a way that maybe they haven't seen before. Idea. Again, this is playing heavily into tropes, but I like the idea of what you put forth because it plays off of that found family trope a lot of people tend to fall into is that your found family is more of your actual family than the one that you were born into the chosen family versus blood family yes i definitely love that now could and that, that could be so oh the drama well, with that aspect, too, but I'm also thinking because technically your samurai, you put forth that they are the bodyguard. What if that female character is from that particular family? Actually, yes. Holy shit, yes. I love it. Oh my god, yes, let's do it. Now you have that particular connection because... She's from that family, and in particular, we can work on details later, but that particular family has asked you to become her guard as you both travel to complete your ceremony together. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm. I'm so down for this. <laughs> oh my god. And see, I love where this might potentially lead to, because after this first arc, this first chapter is done, that takes care of part five. Part six, these questions deal with ancestry and family. Question 17, how would your character's parents describe them? Oh, misguided troublemaker. Like, he's always, like, doing stuff that is, like, why are you wasting your time? Or if he's working on, if he worked on some kind of weird invention and it went wrong, they get mad. I don't know why he's trying to do this when he's supposed to be doing his samurai work. Lazy. Because whenever he's doing what they command him to do, he always looks so bored and lazy and he takes so long to do things. Yeah, I think I would go with something like that. That's how your parents would describe your character. Question 18. This one's a little weird one, and we'll get into this a little bit. But question 18, who is your character named to honor? Usually, in samurai society, both in Legend of the Five Rings and actual feudal Japan, when you were a samurai, you had your personal name, but then you had your quote-unquote adult samurai name, the name that you would go by when you became a samurai and for other people to refer to you as... Because of where we are starting with the campaign, you are still trying to f figure out that adult name or what your samurai name would be. Okay. So th the cool thing is that this question doesn't have to be set in stone. It could change as the first arc goes on. But once you become a full-fledged samurai, then you would pick your adult name. So you might have something that you're throwing around right now, testing to see if it sticks. It could also be a nickname as well that you like to go by and that might be end up being your adult samurai name. But like I said, this doesn't need to be set in stone now. That's fine. I completely understand that. But th that's one I'm really excited about. Um, <laughs> really excited about doing. Yeah, that's definitely going to be fun. Question 19. What is your character's personal name? For some reason, the name Kaito is popping in my head obviously kaito as a given name i'm trying to think of family name would it would that be uh chiba or it could. It, would it be it hmm. could be especially if you're born into the family yeah that would be fine i like that you pick kaito because so fun fact because i love the culture so much and shamelessly because i watch enough anime there's certain words that always pop up, but Kaito is always a popular one for a lot of these male character names. And funny enough, if you translate the kanji into its English mm -hmm. meaning, Kaito means sea or ocean, but it also, in certain translations, also means to soar and fly. And essentially, that's what your character in the Phoenix Clan is trying to do, spread their yep. wings and fly. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> and hey, that was just stuck in my mind. I was like... It's got to be Kaito. Yeah. Part seven is very interesting. Question 20. How should your character die? It's so interesting, this question, because it's not something that you normally think about when you're creating characters. I love this, that you're thinking about, like, it's very much a philosophical, how do I want to go out? 
a bit of a GM question for you. Are you looking for something physical or are you looking for something philosophical for this? Because I, I have something that's more philosophical. The way that I see this question, it could be more of a kind of physical, but it can also be more of that philosophical. What's more for your character, it's whatever is most important to them. Okay, so with all that in mind, Kaito wants to leave an impact. He wants to make sure he has made he has improved life, he has made an impact, and is remembered for something. He does not want to be known as the person who got slain in battle. He doesn't want to be a hero. I, I guess that's it. He doesn't want to die a hero. But he wants to make a significant impact on uh, the people around him. And especially the close people around him. So it doesn't really matter to him if the entire clan knows or if just his close family knows. He wants to make that kind of impact. And if, it's, if that impact is felt through his death, he will accept it as long as that impact is remembered for all time. And mm. not for any sort of glory thing either. He wants it to be known for all time because in that way, he has the philosophy. That you never truly die if folks, if people still remember you in life. And he wants to still have that connection to the people and the people he loves and the people that they will love and the people that they bring up. He wants to still be there for them in some way. And if um, making that impact helps, that's how he wants to go out. I mean this with all sincerity and love, but that mm -hmm. was very beautiful, Chris. And thank you for feeling comfortable enough and vulnerable enough to express that for your character. Yeah. <laughs> Death is a hard topic for me. Honestly, I do not do well with death at all. Like, at all. On a personal level. So thinking of, this is the first time I've ever had to think of death in this way. And I actually thank you for that, because, to be honest, I think that's how I personally would like to go. I would love to leave a mark on the people around me to ensure that they are protected and, yeah, and their lives are better for it. I really do appreciate it. And like I mentioned at the beginning, Legend of the Five Rings and their character creation. I love the fact that it focuses more on the actual personality and mm -hmm. kind of what makes their character tick. And because this game takes heavy inspiration from the samurai culture and feudal Japan, I know, especially in a lot of Eastern religious teachings or even Eastern culture in general at that time, mortality was something that was always addressed. And so I have never encountered a tabletop RPG prior to this that made you think about how do you want your character to die how would you yeah. like them to go out because when you play a character that your character getting killed is always a possibility but you don't know how you would want them to go because you're so focused on keeping them alive chris congratulations we made it through character creation now that we've done that we are going to take a short break 
And then when I come back, I will have my last two players with their character creation. Don't worry, this is not the end of Chris. You will see him in episode one with the rest of the cast. So until then, stay tuned. Yeah. up internet land and thank you for coming back to the second half of the character creation process for furasato a legend of the five rings actual play podcast so in the first half you got to meet our lovely player chris and i am back now with my last two players for this lovely journey we are about to go on so I would like to give some time for them to introduce themselves, tell you a little bit about themselves, plug any projects they got going on, and just for you guys to learn more about them. So we're going to start with you, Adolfo. Saludos, programas. My name is Adolfo. I am the Nerdy Puerto Rican. I do a podcast called the Nerdy Puerto Ricast. I'm also the Nerdy Puerto Rican over on the TikToks. And I plays the tabletop games is... We'd love to see it. Alrighty. And then my final player in this lovely journey, we have good old Will. Hey, everybody. I'm Will. Professionally, I'm a theater professor. I play D&D. Really, I play it professionally as well. I teach it. I also teach it in my classes. Projects I've got going on. I'm a member of the ADH Adventures Twitch group. I play Mem. A mimic folk bard person in their turning point campaign. Plus, I DM two of the shows on their channel. Yeah, I do various things on various platforms all the time. <laughs> and we love it. We love it. <laughs> yes, we do. And, and I do. And I'm very super excited about this. I've never, I've never actually never heard of this game. And. I'm excited to get involved in it. Neither have I prior to the research for this project, but I am so happy that you guys wanted to go for it. But as I mentioned at the beginning of this second half after break, I'm going to take these two and finish the character creation before next episode be the first actual session. Oh, and as a disclaimer, Chris is also hanging out with us again. He's going to be the comic relief for this part. Or at least I'm going to try. I'm still here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Y'all already heard enough of me. We love it. All right. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Legend of the Five Rings uses the game of 20 questions in order to create your samurai. The questions start out on a more broader sense to give an identity of what clan and family that each player belongs to, and then each subsequent question after that dives deeper and deeper into the personality and the psyche of said characters. So, gentlemen, 
Since you are here, let us begin the game of 20 questions. Question number one. These first two questions deal with the core identity of your character, so the clan and the family that they belong to. So question one, what clan does your character belong to? <laughs> no, I have that. I would like my character to belong to the Unicorn Clan. Quite interesting. All right. I love it already. Corn. All right. So that takes care of that one. So, Will, would you like me to go over the clans that you can <laughs> <Yes>. pick from? <laughs> that is okay. That is what I'm here for. All righty. So in the game of Legend of the Five Rings, there are major and they are minor clans. For the sake of all my players, we are going to pick a major clan for you guys to be a part of, just for first time playing. And they are as follows. So these are the major clans in Legend of the Five Rings, and they are the Crab, the Crane, the Dragon, the Lion, the Phoenix, the Scorpion, and the Unicorn. So all these clans primarily focus on different things and different aspects of Samurai and Bushido. But those are the types you can pick from. I think I'm going to go with the Phoenix clan. All right. So we got Unicorn and Phoenix. So that's awesome. Okay. That takes care of question one. On to question two. Now that you have picked your clan... Question two is, what family does your character belong to? So in each of the clans, there are a set of four to five different families that you are a part of. So I'm coming back to you, Adolfo. What family does your character belong to as part of the Unicorn Clan? I would like him to be part of the... Oh. By the gods, I hope I don't slaughter this pronunciation. Uh, and I do apologize. Spanish, don't speak Japanese. Uh, the Ayuchi? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the Ayuchi family. Very interesting. Oh, man, this... Uh, I love it. Alrighty, so now going to you, Will. So there are four families that are a part of the Phoenix Clan. And they all focus on different things, but the four families that are available to you are the Asako, the Isawa, the Kaito, and the Shiba. Can you tell me a little bit about each of the families? I mean, like, like a little more detailing? Sure. Alrighty. Okay, that's easy enough. As I mentioned, there are four families within the Phoenix right. clan. So going in order, the Asako family, they are viewed as more following their scholarly and philosophical pursuits within the clan. So these are your th scholarly thinker types. In the Asawa family, these are your elemental masters. So in Legend of the Five Rings, the quote-unquote magic system here is known as Shugenja. So the Asawa family uses Shugenja that focuses more on channeling the elements when they connect with that. The Kaito family, while small, 
These kind of act as your shrine caretaker, so they guard the many shrines and small altars, so technically they act as priests. They're also pretty good with archery. And then finally, the Sheba family. The Sheba family focuses on keeping the Phoenix clan safe. And actually, they also use Shugenja, but they do it in a more foot soldier kind of way. And they are your main kind of like force of protecting the family when it comes to defense and stuff like that. And in fact, actually, Chris here is part of said Sheba family. Okay, cool. I, I actually like the Asawa family. Yes, the Asawa family with the Shugenja of the Elemental Masters. So that is awesome. Okay, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Alrighty, so part one is done. We now have the families and the clans. So now these next set of questions focus on what type of role that your character falls into and what school they come from within that family. So each family has a different school that they are a part of, which kind of gives you a different quote-unquote class that you are a part of. Usually whatever family that you ended up picking is probably what you're going to want to go with, but you may pick another family's school okay. where you trained. But we need to figure out why you would be there. So Adolfo, we're going to start with you. So what school did you pick? The May Shoto. May Shoto gotcha. Master School. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so May Shoto. Alrighty, so that leads us to Will. So let me give a little bit of a <laughs> breakdown. I know which one I want to be for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> then go for it. I want to be, uh, I chose the, um, was a Shugen, Shugenja? The so Shug Elemental Guard? Uh huh. Okay, yeah. then there we go. Alrighty, so the guard. So that is awesome. Alrighty. So that takes care of question three. So now, question four. <laughs> How does your character stand out within their school? So obviously, this is going to mechanically come into play a little bit later. But for each character in Legend of the Five Rings, how do they stand out? So the different options, are they more creative and passionately driven? Are they more gracious and eloquent? Are they more adaptable and friendly? Are they patient and calm? Or are they more self-aware and more kind of in tap with the mysticism of everything that is going on? So mechanically, this will have an effect later. But this kind of gives a little bit more of what drives your character's personality and kind of overall demeanor. So, Adolfo, which of those options is for you? Adaptable and friendly. Okay. So that is plus one to your water ring, which we'll get into later, which leads us with Will. So what... Of those five tenets, describes your overall characters. <laughs> Self-aware. Okay. So that gives you a plus one to your void, which, again, we'll discuss later. Okay. Part two is done. So now we've taken care of the familial and we've taken care of the roles and the schools. 
So now part three focuses more on your character's views on honor and glory. So this is these questions are going to be focused on the tenets of Bushido and how your character responds to them. So question five, who is your Lord and what is your character's duty to them? So now we get to focus and build the character, flesh them out from their backstory more. Now we're getting deep, y'all. <laughs> so to give some ideas and my other players are going to be fine with it. So some of the other players, their lords are members of their own family. Chris, if you're okay with it, Chris says Lord is given that how he created his character. His Lord is actually one of the other members of a family in the Phoenix clan. Just for details that I'm not going to give away because it's going to be fun to learn more about later. But his Lord is another member in the family of the Phoenix clan. And his duty is to protect a member of the royal family, quote unquote, within the Phoenix clan. I'm a bodyguard. And we love it. But essentially... Because this game takes heavy inspiration from Feudal Japan, every samurai answers to someone, and that's usually someone higher up in the caste system within your f- own family or within your clan. But it can also be, in certain cases, it could be someone else as well. But usually it's within your own family or in your own clan. like to have my lord in my own family. From my own family, from my own clan. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then, what is your duty to them? I know it's too late to be thinking about this kind of stuff. Oh, no, it's not. It's, am I looking at the Bushi? No. So, what? with your duty to your lord, this is more coming for how you see your character answering them. So, answering this kind of question... Going back to one of the things that I like to do is that you look at what your clan stands for and come up with an idea. So usually, so looking at the unicorn clan, they are like your free spirits and they are like your cavalry unit. So they are good. Of all the clans, they are good when it comes to horseback and all that stuff. And usually they're the strongest when it comes to being able to fight on horseback. So just as an idea, your duty could be something as simple as is that you answer to the Lord and you're in charge of helping them maintain the stables within the family. Since the unicorn clan has multitude of horses in their service because of what they do when they are called to war, which is the cavalry. So that's just an idea. I like it. So I'm going to go with that. Stable yeah. hand. I love it. All right. All righty. So we got our stable hand in Adolfo. So Will, <laughs> now same question. Who is your lord and what is your duty to them? <laughs> I think my lord is my grandfather. <gasps> yes. And my duty to them is to uphold the traditions of of I, I don't know if it's pronounced kami or kami 
being yeah. maintaining the the traditions of like spell casting and magic and that sort of thing. Okay. And that actually is cool. So just to get into the lore of Legend of the Five Rings real quick. So the cool thing with Shugenja or your magic is that there's two ways that you can pull from. So Kami is basically the spirits that you attune to when you're using said Shugenja. And in your case, you pull from the elemental spirits, whereas other Shugenja users pull from the actual powers of their ancestors. So holding up the traditions of the elemental kami or the elemental spirits is actually something really cool. And because as the evil DM that I am, not really, it just puts in a nice dynamic for some of our other people in terms of how they view traditionalism versus progression. I promise I'm not the bad guy. (laughs) Okay. But I like that. I like that. Cool. All right. So that takes care of that question. So that was question five. Question six. What does your character long for and how might this impede their duty? My character wants to be seen as an equal. And how that might impede their duty. And might impede his duty because he will because oftentimes he'll hyper focus on what he shouldn't be hyper focusing on very nice alrighty so that's good for you alright same question what does your character long for and how might it impede their duty my character longs to be free from family traditions and it'll impede his abilities of maintaining the traditions oh (laughs) I love this so much I'm going to be saying that a lot because good game master Game Master Brain is going to be like, that's good, Will. That's good. Alrighty. Question seven. Now, we're going to talk about family problems now. Question seven asks, what is your character's relationship with their clan? I would say... Good terms, bad terms. (laughs) I I would say that my family's relationship is good with the clan. Okay. And that's perfectly fine, too. (laughs) Be like, I want to be free, but we cool. (laughs) Can you repeat the question for me, please? No problem. So the question asks, what is your character's relationship with their clan? It is a tumultuous one. Okay. So it's tumultuous. So is it tumultuous? So feel free to say no to this, but because there's that struggle between traditionalism and progression, or your, yeah. what you feel, would do, would say that for the most part it's you get along but in terms of that issue of how you continue to progress over time that conflicts with some of the elder members of your clan per se i think yeah i think that yes because he has a struggle he's struggling between the traditions of the old ways and the non-tradition of the new ways. So I think that within his clan, he's seen as an unstable element. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so you're going yeah, to fit right in. You fit right in already. I think most of our other players are also that unstable element in their families. So y'all are going to get along great. 
and here's my character like i'm supposed to have a dinner with mom and dad but yeah, listen like that works though because the, just the dynamics are going to be amazing and how you guys grow as characters is going to be awesome to watch so i like these dynamics we got going on question eight what does your character think of bushido i don't know diverges from some okay diverges from some what is the what's the context here Bushido in the respect of what? like the the code of samurai. So the code of Sam, the samurai code, also known as the code of Bushido, is just that you follow the tenets of honor and making sure that you keep an appearance in all settings, whether that be in actual combat as well as social and political settings, because this game is going to throw all three of you at some point. But do you adhere to said code? wholeheartedly or do you have diverging opinions of what it means to be honorable and valiant <laughs> i think that this is a hard one because i think my character would be very much about the code but <laughs> because he's so non-traditionalist that i think he would probably have opinions probably unpopular ones. So I don't know, because I could see the character being very, like, like following the code in, like, public, or, like, in, like, political settings, or, you know, settings where, you know, that sort of thing is necessary. But, like, in public, I don't know. I just See, he's conflicted, just like he is with everything else. <laughs> All right, if I may. So I'm going to pull this from another character another player who did theirs. So for this question, he answered for his character. He follows it when necessarily, but doesn't rely wholehearted on it all the time. So to help you decide this, what it sounds like for your character is similar to what another player picked for theirs when it comes to Bushido, that in most situations, they will adhere to it, but don't necessarily use that all the time. Right. Yeah, I'm conflicted because I think that my character values traditions like he tra I think he legitimately believes that the, tra the traditions are important. I think he believes that ceremony is important, but I think he disagrees with the context of those traditions like. I understand ceremony, but I don't understand the meaning behind them, like where they came from, that sort of thing. I think he's more, so I think he's more ceremonial when it comes to Bushido than it is, than he is, like he lives it. Okay, that definitely works for me. And that, of course, this aspect will change as the game goes on, and I throw different situations at you guys, so. Okay. This is, but it is a good starting point. All right, so that takes care of that question. Now we're going to move on to part four. So these next five questions in part four focus on your character's personal strength and weaknesses. So not mechanically speaking, but this delves more into all types of aspects of fears, dreams, all that stuff. So to begin part four, question nine, what is your character's greatest accomplishment so far? 
as you two are thinking about this, to give a little context, you guys would have found this out anyways, but where we are beginning the campaign, you guys are on your way to complete your Genpuku, which is your ceremony to become full-fledged samurai. Now, taking that into account from historical reasons, most samurai, when they complete the ceremony, are in their teenage years, so you guys are going to be starting as teenage samurai. So when you think of your accomplishment, you are teenagers, and it can't be anything that has to relate to the actual samurai sword because it is actually against Bushido code and the law for samurai who have not done their ceremony or their genpuku to wield an actual metal sword. <laughs> I got it. I got his greatest hit, accomplishment. Hit me. So... My character's greatest accomplishment is that he was the one that was able to break and tame his lord's war horse. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I was thinking along the same damn lines. <laughs> oh, make it do. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, break it. Oh, damn it. That's okay. <laughs> All right. That takes it for the unicorn boy <laughs> all right so now what is your character's greatest accomplishment so far i'm trying to think of how to word it his greatest accomplishment would be here's one for you his greatest accomplishment was diverting the river to bring water to his village oh my god yes nice, <laughs> nice. using that shugenja uh I'm here for it. I stand. I love. Yes. All right. So that works for me. All righty. That was your character's greatest accomplishment. Question 10. What holds your character back the most in life? He is biologically not from the Empire. Gandal. Damn. That was one of the things I was reading about the Unicorn Clan is that they they're they do a lot of traveling and exploring outside of the the Empire's purvey, and I just thought it'd be cool. What if my adopted father was traveling outside of the Empire borders and came across this decimated town and found me as a child? abandoned in this decimated town so he took me in and raised me in the unicorn clan so if that is not the most start to a any samurai movie ever i don't know what is but <laughs> holy crap adolfo that is amazing and yes that is good for me oh will your turn what holds him back is knowing a terrible secret and that secret is that his family did not this is going to be really bad <laughs> we're here for the scandal spill the tea <laughs> was did not help during the reign of blood to protect their lands itchies me oh my god <laughs> Damn, we're getting into the lore, and I love it! <laughs> but that is, oof. Now, with this secret, is it like one of those unspoken secrets that 
everybody knows about. <laughs> it's yeah. And, but yeah, it's an unspoken secret. I think it, I don't know necessarily that it was actually, I don't know that it's public. I think it's a family secret. I think it's, it would be bad. Yes, it would be bad yeah. if it got out. <laughs> yes, yes, it would be bad if it got out. So there you go. It's something to you. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, it won't come up till later. I'm not going to throw this at the beginning because that's just too much to handle all at once. But ooh, so good. Alrighty. Me. Now, with all those things that hold your characters back in life, question 11 is going to help subsidize all that anxiety and craziness to it. Question 11. What activity most makes your character feel at peace? I'm looking through the list right now. That's okay. I love this character creation system because it's like, hmm, now I actually have to think about this. (laughs) Mine would be sitting on a small boulder in the center of the river, meditating, letting the river tell me secrets. (gasps) Scandal. But I love it. (laughs) Kami speak to you during meditation. I dig that. Mine is going to be travel. Just Traveling in general? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got that straight from the list of... Things. Yeah, of things. At least. The the sights and sound of Rakugan. Yep. I dig it. I got it. Yep. It's from the list of specific passions. And (laughs) the passion is travel. We'd love to see it. All right. Question 12. What concern fear or foible troubles your character the most well i guess his his foible concern is that he's a he's a gaijin now when you say that i want to try to make it more specific so his foible concern is that he's a gaijin now is it because in the sense that he's afraid to be found out in the repercussions that it would bring or what specifically He's, well, because I was reading that, give me one sec, let me find what I was reading. My fear concern for is that he does not know if he's a good man. Oh man, that's deep. This game's going to get very philosophical, I'm just giving you guys a forewarning now. <laughs> Be like, we're supposed to play table uh, tabletop RPGs to fight things, not answer existential questions. <laughs> well, we're fighting ourselves. Yes, <laughs> the true enemy is myself. There will be moments in this game I'll be like, I feel personally attacked, but we're going to roll with it. I love it. Oh, trauma. Love it. Everyone loves good trauma. I'm actually switching it up because the thing that I was thinking of is not like is not what I was thinking of. Uh, painful honesty. Oh, you and Chris are going to get along so well. <laughs> All right. So the painfully obvious Jeez Louise. Adolfo, I'm going to come to you for this next one. So question 13. Who has your character learned the most from during their life? My adopted grandmother. Oh. <laughs> okay, if just as a quick sidebar, Chris picked a grandmother character and some of my oh. other parents picked... You can keep the grandma. What I'm saying is, is just... I love that most of you guys have picked a grandmother character, but that makes sense in the traditional 
kind of hierarchy of the Japanese household. Actually, it's true even in this for the Mexican household too, or any Latino household. Grandma and grandpa are patriarch and matriarch yep. of the families. Um, so most things got to be run by them. <laughs> let me actually let me change it up. It's actually going to be so the person that he learned the most from during his life is the clan's smith. We'll come up with name later, but yes, definitely. He yeah. learned the most. Now I'm going to insert my DMness into said question. So what kinds of things did he learn from the Smith besides smithing? What important life lessons do you think your character has learned from them? So I see that the Smith character relating everything in life back to the whole process of smithing. It's like the riddle of steel from the new Conan movie where what is most important to in the new Conan movie, the one with, with my with your boy. With my boy. I can't fucking remember his name, though. <laughs> I see his beautiful body in my face, in, in my mind. Cal, Cal Drago. Ah, Aquaman. okay. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Thank you. He is a right, specimen. Question. Sorry, I'm we're talking about We're talking about Jason Momoa's beautiful body. <laughs> right. I know. Oh, uh, we're. Qu- qu- question 13. We're talking about question 13. Yes. So in the current. <laughs> in the newest Conan movie, they switched with the Riddle of Steel was and the riddle of steel is, in the new conan movie is what is the most important thing when tempering a blade is it the heat or is it the cold and the answer is it's a balance so that's the type of thing like his smith would would relate all that to to life you can't have too much of one thing or too little of one th- you have to have a balance of it i dig it Alrighty, it's the same question who is yes yeah, so question 13 who has your character learned the most from during their life oh it'd be my grandfather got it grandparent grandfather specifically i love that a lot of you guys have picked a grandparent character it's, i love it because <laughs> my grandfather it's a real life thing my grandfather was like my best friend why does that sound familiar no but i love that too and to get a little personal and vulnerable (laughs) no but in in most cultures especially in the latino culture grandma and grandpa are the heads of the family so it's the same way i learned a lot from my grandma too while she was here so that's a so love it Alrighty, that takes care of part four now we move on to part five These next sets of questions are going to help define your character's personality and their behavior in certain situations. Question 14. What do people notice first upon encountering your character? My manners. Oh, he's such a good boy. Or girl. I forgot to mention this. You don't have to play a male samurai. If you want to play a female samurai, you are more than welcome to do so. That's that's an option. (laughs) Gender fluid. Honestly, though, given the context that this is fictional Japan, androgyny is also a thing. I was about <laughs> to say that's a yeah, that's a very yeah. If I learned anything <laughs> from the art of Rakugo, <laughs> yeah, people notice that uh, people know that he's a stereotypical unicorn clansman, and that they don't since they spend a lot of their times not in 
the Empire, they don't they look they don't dress the part or speak the part. They do when they have to, but on a day to day basis, they don't. But yeah, he's a stereotypical unicorn. That's gonna be so much fun, especially when it comes to the social situations. But continuing on, question fifteen. How does your character react to stressful situations? That is the equivalent of, how does that make you feel? (laughs) I think my character is totally cool-headed. Very, like, diplomatic. Very tries to reduce the stress in a situation so it doesn't go to, like, blades flying. That actually works. You basically try to defuse the bomb before it gets a chance to explode. Yep. Dig it. I, w- I, wish, I wish this could, this question could be like subdivided, right? Because I see my character, especially if he's, we're starting off as teenagers, that in like combat situations and in like arguments and whatnot, that he freezes up. But when he's at the Smith and he's working the forge and all that, he's, it could, it, he's cool as ice and that's that's also when like a battle is raging and they need 500 arrowheads smithed out in a minute because they need those arrowheads to to be fletched and sent out to the archers like now type thing but like in that type of stressful situation he's just he's good so i don't know if i can do that well, you can now because I say so. <laughs> okay. The cool thing with this r- rule set and these character creation, there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to certain things. And because this is more narrative focus, there's no set of rules saying you have to do it this way. But yeah, I like that division and that flexibility. So yeah, that's fine with me because I said so. <laughs> I'm like, is this what it's like to have all this power, you guys? <laughs> all right. Question 16. What are your character's pre-existing relationships with other clans, families, organizations, and traditions? So, what kind of pre-existing relationships do y'all have with any of those? And again, these relationships could be to other members of your clan. They could be friends. They can be anything. (laughs) I think... Our family is one of those families that everybody likes. That's a family that is friends with everyone almost. It doesn't try to create enemies. It's always trying to create connections. And so I think their relationship with like other families, even outside of the Phoenix clan, is very like diplomatic. Like yeah. very much, let's be friends and not enemies. We are stronger together than we are apart. That sort of thing. No, that definitely works for me. Adolfo? So with other clans, definitely there is no relationship. Because again, being part of the Unicorn Clan, I I see them as not really being within the Empire's territory for a long enough time to establish any sort of relationship with people of the clan with the actual with the other unicorn families i see that they would have a good working relationship i will i would see that with whatever like merchants guild or club or whatever 
there's they have a, a, a strong working relationship with that because of course with the flow of trade and everything and being a unicorn that my character's family is, assists with that and the merchants co- come to help them with that and like securing trade routes and and what have you and yeah that's it cool all right that works for me that takes care of part five so now part six these next three questions have to deal with your character's ancestry and their family question 17 how would your character's parents describe them i love that laugh already I got mine already, so. All right, go for it. My parents are just, he's such a good boy. If your parents sound like Gingy, I'm in. <laughs> oh, God, now I want that. I'd be like, do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> the Muffin Man. The Muffin. So your parents think you're awesome. Will, what do your parents think of your character? I, ha- I, almost, caught, I almost said the wrong thing there. <laughs> okay, my parents, my character's parents, Fear him. Mm. And when I say fear him, because he doesn't know that he's a good man, they don't know that he's a good man. So they don't know if his, if he will use his abilities for good or bad. They don't know. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. They don't necessarily have a bad relationship. They just, they fear what he may become. Gotcha. No, that's... I love it because it it gives me so many fun ideas. But like in a good way, uh, uh, it's going to be fun. Okay. So now this is where I'm going to heavy hand this next question. So question 18, who is your character named to honor? So this question particularly asks that when each samurai completes their genpuku, when they complete their ceremony, coming of age ceremony to become a samurai, they usually adopt a adult samurai name. Now, given because of the fact that you guys are starting as teenagers on your way to make your ceremony complete, technically you guys don't have an adult samurai name. You might have a nickname that you're going by now, or you're throwing different names out to see what sticks. But for this particular question, we don't need to answer it right now because you guys are starting as teens. But by the end of this first chapter, once you complete your ceremony, then is when we'll figure out what that adult name is. But for now, just start, just keep that little idea in the back of your head. And as we go through the first chapter, you can start figuring out, all right, what do I want my character's adult samurai name to become? Which leads me to question 19. This one we do have to answer today. What is your character's personal name? So the actual name that they were born with. <laughs> oh, the name they were born with. Oh, so what is our, what is the name we go by? What we, the, our birth name. Yes. So what most people call you, because the way that it works is that friends and family will usually call you by your personal name. But other samurai as well as the farmers and the peasants will be calling you by your adult samurai name because that's the hierarchy so this one is the name that you were born with so what your friends and your family will call you okay uh give me one second they're calling me again but i think i have i think i have the answer for this give me a second 
So, Adolfo, do you have any ideas of who how who you want to call what you want to call your character? I do. I'm all ears. All right. So, if this is a a personal name that only like my parents and like my brothers and my sisters call me, that I want the name to be Queequee. And let me explain. Because my character's an orphan. When they found him, they found no record of any name that he had of his from his old life. So there's no record of his name from his old life. And my adopted brother was with my father when they found me. And my adopted brother said, oh, he's so kawaii. He's so cute. And they couldn't name me Kawhi. Not that they couldn't name me Kawhi, but then when they brought me home, my adopted sister couldn't say Kawhi, so she called me Kwee and that's how that sticks. Why is that an awesome thing? <laughs> oh my goodness, Kwee <laughs> I'm going to have so much fun saying it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Kwee of the Unicorn Clan, that ironically fits. <laughs> Alrighty. I went with Kaito Shiba. So I'm actually like my character is a long time descendant of the Shiba clan. And it's also the, the name yeah. of his and he is the main protagonist of his own anime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is just my anime, this entire game. Given the backstory I gave my character, yeah, <laughs> pretty much it's an anime. It's like, what have I done? <laughs> do you want to do, do you want to just switch this from Legend of the Five, the Legend of the Ten Rings to Anime Five E? Listen, as much as that would be fun, that'll be for next time. Okay, I can't wait to go for it. What you got? <laughs> my birth name was Mio. My the name that people call me is Yasuke. I dig it. Yeah. I pulled a lot from, like, actual feudal Japan. Like, Yasuki was actually a an African slave who was brought to Japan and became a very famous samurai, actually. Yes, there's an I anime. I really recognize that name. Yep. I love the idea of that, and I'm like, that is so fantastic. Great, great anime, shameless plug, go watch it. <laughs> and Mio, I just chose because I had a good friend named Mio, and I liked his name. You guys are so sweet, I love it. <laughs> This is good. All right. So we come to the final part. So part seven. Now, this question is very interesting because this part has to do with death. Question 20. How should your character die? Now, you can tell me specifically how physically you would want them to die, but it could also be more of the philosophical sense. Like, philosophically, how would you see your character's death? This is the first tabletop that I have ever seen that makes you think about how your character will die. <laughs> his physical death would be protecting his family. Okay. And, and Or anything that deals with his family being endangered, whether it's directly or indirectly, he, would, he will die for that. Mm. We'll he'll take on an entire army for that. <laughs> Philosophically... It would be if his if he was denied like access to the elements. Dang. 
yeah that's how i love it i really do all right adolfo same question how should your character die so spiritually if he's unable to create to work to go to the forge and create stuff physically i think it'd be interesting story if physically if he was killed by his biological people by the tribe or, or whatever like who he biologically is from if they're the ones that kill him he comes across he, he like he's out traveling dressed as a unicorn clans uh person and they see him and don't recognize and think that he's just a uh, 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 person from the empire and then proceed to kill him because of it wow <laughs> now if you want specifics i actually had my character being killed by my brother who are my brother and i are in opposition Ooh, nice traditionalists <laughs> not and we are opposing elements i am more water he's fire that my original, when I was talking with how I was going to die, it would be like by the hand of my own brother. Can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? The king. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, you guys are going to be so much fun. And I can't wait for you three to meet the other three. <laughs> but well, I, I see your characters, Mufasa. Brother, <laughs> please. Oh, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I can see that. Totally. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But gentlemen, that brings us to the end of character creation. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen and all non-binary friends who are listening right now, thank you so much for joining us for the second half of character creation for Furusato, a Legend of the Five Rings actual play podcast. Next time that you hear from us, we will actually be beginning our official journey into the world of Rakugan and to see what kinds of shenanigans that are all six of our players are going to get into. So until next time, this is Mikey from the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions. For me and my players, we wish you a good night, love one another, take care of each other, and until next time, let the good times roll. Bye.